0: Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And uh, today's episode, or this week's episode, is book review. And um, because we saw and uh, we got messages and by the amount of plays we saw on um, the book review of the game by Neil Strauss, so we decided that this week would be kind of the follow-up to that book, which is The Truth. It's the, um, I want to say like eighth book. Neil Strauss wrote or seven, something like that, which is the book after the game. So if you don't know the game or you didn't hear the podcast uh, on this book, Neil Strauss infiltrates, quote unquote, um, a society of pickup artists and becomes very good at picking up women. However, as we are going to see in this book, that comes with a lot of problems in and of itself. Mostly in like the relationships that follow after when he when like when he wants to settle down. Mm-hmm. So first of all, before we actually get into like his discoveries and all that, I must say it was it was cr- much crazier than I, than what I was expecting. Yeah, because I had seen some interviews and stuff, and I thought like, oh, it's gonna be just you know Neil talking about some minor issues or may, like minor slash medium minor issues he had in his relationships, but you know. How bad can it be? Yeah. <laughs> no boy. <laughs> How bad can it be? It was bad. This yeah. I don't wanna spoil that part because because I mean all right, I can, but it's just it's just so insane the lengths that he went to to kind of like figure out what he what he wanted to do and what he why he did the things he did inside relationships and why he cheated and stuff like that but it just goes through like polygamy and then like swing clubs. And it's just, I definitely recommend you read it because it's very well written as, you know, us- um, it's usual of Neil's books. But I mean, for me that <laughs> as w- while I was reading it, I was just like, what the fuck happened in this man's life? <laughs> like I can't, it's just so out of the, the norm, yeah. I'd say.
1: Yeah. But you, I mean, it's very out of the normal, but I think I can understand why when he when he talks about his, his family and his his relationship with his father and his mother, like that wasn't a normal situation for a kid to grow up in. Very much oh, the opposite. Yeah, it was it. a very weird relationship that he he never had thought about it like that, but as he delved deeper and deeper into even when he was like trying to Figure out in therapy what was the, the the things causing him to to cheat and to view to view women a certain way, and he eventually found out like a lot of it had to do with relationships with his parents, and it was like very weird shit. I don't also don't want to spoil, it, but it's not a normal thing that a child usually has to go through, and and so he that's why I think also he had so many like uh, issues in, in regards to relationships, and and the thing is with with the game he kind of like. I think he thought he had solved them the, the issues, but it was just like a way of also it wasn't amplifying them. But I think he really showed them what the issues were because he was given like free reign. It was almost like if you had to answer the question like, if I have unlimited power o- over like o- over all the or if I if I get to choose the women I want, what would I? Or, 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 no, not like that. Like if I was in a relationship. And all the other, and I knew that I could get any woman I'd I'd like. What would be the, like the, what would, what would you answer that? And Neil kind of went through that. And he answered that with his own life. Because he got to a point where he could do that. And so that's also like, that was so interesting. Because normally you don't get guys in that scenario. Like guys usually, like when you cheat, I think it's because it's like a, it's like a fluke. Like you meet someone. You're, you're bored with your relationship and then someone pops up, there's an opportunity and you go for it. But what happens if that opportunity is always around you constantly yep. calling for you? And that's kind of like, combine that with all the problems he had with his like, the relationship with his parents and I think you get what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I think we should, I'll, I'll just dive into more of the, um, which is what I want to talk about, the relationship problems and why we do what we do with other people. And um I think I'll start with this oh fuck, I wish I remembered or I had written down the the actual terms of this. Oh it's love dependent and love avoidant. Avoidant, yeah. Which is okay, let me let me get this right. So love avoidant. So there's this two usually we'll fall into either one or the other. Unless you like you had the perfect childhood and you're you know You're a balanced person. You're a very right? balanced person. Which, you know, it's not the norm, let's be honest. Like, yeah. all of us are at least a bit fucked up. And you'll tend more towards one side or the other of this. But kind of to summarize, so love avoidant is someone who's very afraid of commitment. And um, and as soon as as it starts seeing signs of, you know, maybe the other person wanting more of that, you'll start to shut down. You'll be like, maybe, maybe no, like, most likely not even conscience. It's just going to be... Cause, because it doesn't feel right for you and a lot of this will just come from you know how you saw your parents relationships but well mostly that and you at some point during your childhood you adopted this paradigm of oh that that commitment is bad or that if i commit bad things happen so i'm not going to do that in the future it's actually heavily
1: influenced by your relationship with your parents i think that's like the biggest thing i took from this book with all the relationship experts and therapists you talked about it's like Much of your future relationships are very dependent on what your childhood was.
0: Which is kind of... Very weird. (laughs) To to a point, weird and kind of scary because it's... And if you read the book, you'll see it's such a hard thing to... Sorry, first of all, to even start to to come to terms with. Then number two, to fix it. Because it's something so ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like saying to tell you like, okay, now you're going to change you're going to identify as a woman now and you're going to truly believe that to be it's almost something that's kind of hard to do because it's almost it's a part of who you are at the end of the day because at that point when your memories not your memory when your your personality was forming the heaviest at those stages it was you know completely influenced by that so because it's so hardwired into you it's I, I don't know if to a point we can only just like do the best with what we have, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like recognize like, okay, I'm fucked up in this way. So I'm just going to do the best. But um, just to say that, so that's the love avoidant, which is somebody to, to like really summarize who's afraid of commitment. That's probably the yeah. best way. And on the other side, which is the love dependent, it's kind of the opposite of this. It's someone who gets attached very quickly yeah, and needs like kind of that constant... Feet of approval not feet of approval it needs a lot like of like reassurance
1: reassurance it. of love of that
0: yeah it's kind of like very insecure that that's yeah. it just needs a lot I of think that. it's and someone
1: like who places their happiness on like on to a certain extent on someone else like your dependence on this one person yeah exactly exactly to feel good
0: and um also what happens is and usually the relationships that happen you know Curiously, it's between the love avoidant and the love dependent because these two kind of attract yeah, each they other.
1: Complete themselves in their own fucked up place. Yeah,
0: and eventually it always ends up in in shambles. No, yeah. but at, but they're kind of like attracted to each other because one will give a lot of love towards the other one, and the other one, while at the be like the love avoidant, while at the beginning he likes that or she likes that, with time it will start closing down. Yeah. And then, as he closes down the other one, gets more he start giving more love because it needs more out of. Yeah. And so it's and a lot of it as well is that it's just a lot of also addictive emotional behavior we have, which is, and that's why I feel like those two kind of not complete each other, but they are attracted to each other because it's all, it's all like you feel like you're gonna get the thing that you want from someone that may not, not even maybe right, but it's for example it's harder to get. That love from somebody who's a love avoidant, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like that challenge to get it, and so the kind of those two pieces kind of connect mm-hmm. at least at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, with time, it always ends up as you know you'll see in the in the book. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of okay. So in the book, they end up kind of fine, fine, quote unquote, at the end. But that's not the norm. The norm is what happened at the beginning, which is you cheated, big fight. They hated each other, or she hated him mm-hmm. for doing that. And I like just to like now give my personal input on this is we we really need to, uh, all of us to kind of sit down and figure out what what we are. And I think just, that's the like a, a lot of it's just being more conscious mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's like the main takeaway for me from from this book. It's like it's how it's like relationships are something that's like the norm is for you to fuck it up. The norm is people yeah. not having an healthy relationship, which really tells us something about like ourselves as a society. Which is, I think, no one killed, and knows what they're doing, you know. So, and then, but the thing is, it's easy to hide that by yourself. Like when you are by yourself, it's easy to avoid all those fucked up issues because that's what you're used to. But when, when someone else comes into your life at at that level, like so close to you and knowing so much of you, that shit gets yeah. exposed, you know. And then you have to deal with it while having to deal with someone else at the same time so it's it's a very difficult thing and that's why it's so rare for you to find long-term relationships and people in healthy relationships because it's like no one has taken the time to really figure themselves out before going out yeah. into the market quote unquote and so that's why this book i think it it's good because i think it's also like it tells you that you're not alone in that struggle you know like i think everyone faces this in in some way or another it's you're you're in the norm if you have like if you have troubles with relationships but also the thing i have like a problem with and that this book showed me more and more is that people's like normal way of being relationships is like the the love dependence like i think society forces you or pushes you in that direction it's like there's how many poems and like quotes on instagram and facebook have you seen about like just find the, per- the, the person you need and you'll be complete. Or, your, like, your people, especially young people, they're just, like, trying to figure out and find out the one right person that's going to fix all of their life. And that's not right, man. If you, if, if you put the, that pressure on someone else, like, to fix the entirety of your life and give you purpose and make you feel good, it's, it's obvious that's not, that's not going to work out. Like, most people can't even figure out what they need for themselves. Like, how, how are they going to figure out what you need and want?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just so. Yeah, because it's all so, because it's so based on this, on this concept not a concept, but the, like we all have this idea, like you were saying, that this is the way it should be. So then, when it's not like that, you're always forced to be a bit like, oh, but is this the right thing? Am I not like like how Neil explored polygamy in his book, and yeah, and there was another thing, but pretty much polygamy, which is if you say that to the normal person, it's like. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What, what is... Ooh, two people or more? No. Yeah. But but who says that's that... What I supposed to be Because if you go and look at... At least like how you're biologically wired... It's definitely not to be with the same person forever. That's just... Mm-hmm. Like if you go and go through... What's more natural... Then it definitely is not what we do. However... Now, while I was saying this... I, rem- I, rem- I remember that... Also... I think we had this conversation already... Um maybe one of the ways that also we were able to to survive as a species and build all these societies is because the only ones who were able to survive were the ones who adopted this monogamy because all the other ones were always fucking fighting and there was always problems and all the time yeah. was dedicated towards that and not towards progress in other areas so yeah. it's kind of i i do feel like it's kind of a counterbalance in and in, in like figuring out what you want and like really Realizing what that is, because it may not be monogamy or poly polygamy or whatever but but for the most part, if you've never experienced, I'd strongly argue that we don't know or you don't know because it's yeah. it's like it's yeah I think it's like just to finish it's almost like if you only tasted vanilla ice cream and you're like no no it's the the, the best flavor. How do you know yeah it's yeah.
1: When it's obvious that chocolate is better, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that's I a, argue, uh, but okay. that ma- makes me remember of a, a good, a good not, not quote, but like saying that Jordan Peterson says a lot, which is like if, like if if something is a, like a cultural practice that has lasted for a long time, you better have some good reasons to go against it. Yeah, and that's, I think that's true in this case, which is like like you were saying, it's our biological. It, it makes more biological sense. For you to not be with one person for the rest of your life—that's just true as humans. But there's also a lot of things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. Like yep. we, we have democracy now. Before tribes were run like that. And the thing is, we democracy eventually prevailed because it—it it was a very a much more peaceful option. Less people died. I think that's the same case you were making for monogamy, like less people died. There was less violence. And so, kind of all societies recognized that, and they adopted that behavior in order to stop. All that violence from happening yeah Th- that's like that i think that's the good side that's it was the same thing with religion and a lot of other things that aren't like natural for human beings and so that's not so that's that side of the coin but there's also the other side which is like there's still that biological desire and that biological desire i think varies from person to person yep, you know for sure you might be more inclined to a different type of relationship uh to, to a different type of relationship not not monogamous one or not poly- polygamous whatever it's up to you to find out, and don't let like society, uh, like let it influence you because there's like there's a reasoning behind that influence. But don't let it dictate completely what your behavior should do. You know, go out and explore. Really try to figure out why you want a relationship. Why do you? Why do you even? Yeah. Wh- why do you even want it? You know, most people yeah. like don't want it from a healthy place. You know, they want it from a kind of like you either you either feel lonely, you either think you need that to feel complete you don't have a purpose you know it's usually to hide something instead of to enhance yeah, something it's so it's like try to go from of, that place
0: out of scarcity to be honest and and no yeah. n- or normally no good decision is made from from a point of lacking something because because mm-hmm. then that's what happens because what happens when that need is fulfilled now you may realize it like oh shit now i don't want to be with this person anymore but that person still gives me this sense of like security and you know some emotions that I do like, but i I consciously can understand that that's not it, and I do feel like that's mm-hmm. that's why also a lot of you know you see what's the divorce rates like fifty percent or more and and mm-hmm. even the other ones who continue used to say that like how many of those are actual happy marriages you know, and a lot yeah. of it i I do believe it's also because like. For example, Neil in the book at the end, he was able to make the choice of staying with his now wife, I think, or you know, at least she was his wife at the time, out of a place of abundance, of like, okay, now I know. I consciously choose to not be with anyone else and be with this person because I know and I've seen what the other has to offer, and I choose this. This is the best for me. Mm-hmm. What most people do, and like what like 99% of people do is just I guess it's the society most thing acceptable. So I have a girlfriend now, or I have a boyfriend now. That's it. Yeah. And then, and, and then you just get dragged onto this cycle of, it's not good, but it's not bad. It's kind of like, Neh. and just, and it's just so. It's kind of sad to be honest.
1: Yeah, that's very sad, and it's not only sad for yourself, but for the people you, for the person you are, yeah, in a relationship with. Involved, you know, you don't yes. want to be with someone just because there's no better option. You know. That's like, I see so many of my friends, especially with young people, this is so true. It's like, I see so many people, like so many friends talking, the way they talk about their relationships. Yeah. It's like, they should not be in that relationship. Yeah. You know, it's very, and the only reason they are there, it's because I think they don't, they don't think they could find someone else. So, you know, they're kind of trapped in, in that one relationship out of a fear of being alone. And that's really, that's just a disservice to yourself, to the person you're, you're in a relationship with, because you're basically using them yeah you're basically using yeah, them for you to feel and, and the... so so it's like at a certain point it's not only about yourself you know it's if you, it's about you being a, a good human being in this world and not not using people as means to to an end you know they they should be an end of them, uh, in and of themselves you shouldn't be using them to get to this certain point or just to feel these certain emotions you know it's so I, I, I heavily encourage anyone, especially young people who are listening to this like try to really if you like most people like let's just be honest they want to be in a relationship i think even either unconsciously or, or consciously that's like the the base state for someone who's alone and so i definitely encourage you to really like ask yourself why why do you even want to be with someone else that's like a it may seem such a dumb question but i think it's only dumb because society has kind of taught you to ignore that question just that's yeah. a, it's a natural desire but really ask yourself what's that's Going, what's that going to fill in your life what's that gap that's there for you to want that
0: yeah and also like um cuz this is mostly a stoicism podcast one of the main concepts of stoicism is to not place your happiness outside yourself and by doing that by by just putting your happiness and, and then with happiness comes if you put it on another person comes a lot of things that are not happy feelings a lot of anxiety a lot of arguing a lot of a lot of things that you not you probably don't want because because you're putting so much on this person that it's very easy to also get very con, uh control controlling very jealous very upset about small things what if you were to like you were saying to instead just and for how corny and cheesy this sounds to work on yourself first you know to 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 kind of there's this quote which is also very cheesy but you know it's kind of a cheesy topic in and of itself, um, yeah. which is um, instead of trying instead of trying to find the right person, try to be the right person. And yeah,
1: that's very yeah it is very but cheesy. It's a it's a good quote. But it's
0: that would be much more, much healthier because then because then when you choose to be with someone, it's not out of this place of need; it's out of want. It's out of, it's. In Mark Manson he also has that article. Fuck yes or no which basically means that if the answer towards whatever it is that you want is not fuck yes then it's a no if it's kind of like eh maybe i want then it's no because especially with relationships i see that when it's not fuck yes you end you end up always regretting it maybe not w- i think it, with relationships mm-hmm. but in here it's when you feel the most because there's another person involved
1: yeah it's not only i yourself. think that, yeah that's the best i think that's the best subject to apply that fuck yes or no kind of rule because, yeah, the, the the consequences are very obvious and in your face. Yeah. And he has, even in his book, a really good saying. It's like, if you start a relationship in a, like, meh kind of attitude, it's only going to get worse, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. it's difficult It's difficult to, to have a, a good relationship with someone you're, like, fuck yes about. It's much more difficult if you're, like, if you're starting off at a meh. Don't expect to start off at a meh and things to get better, you know? So, and that's, such like, and even me, like, going to my like, p- applying that to my personal life, that's a, if I look at my past failed relationships, it was always because of, like, it can can always be traced to that fuck, fuck yes or no mentality, you know? It's when I started having that... It's, it's, it's when I even either started a relationship with a non-fuck yes attitude, it's I'm kind of like, man, maybe I'll do this, yeah. or when it eventually got to a point where it's like, I lost my fuck yes. And that's, that's that article is very, actually very impactful in my life. It's such a good, like... um. It's such a good rule to follow, you know. Yep. It, it just makes things. It's very hard when you're in the situation because you really don't want to have to to face to like. It's it's a very uncomfortable situation when you have to end a relationship, or is it like you're trying thinking about getting into one, and it's much more appealing for you to get into one? And that's like the the that's a very good rule because it, it makes it obvious. There's no escaping it, you know. You always know when it's a fuck yes and when it's a meh.
0: Yeah, and a lot of then I was thinking while we were speaking. A lot of cheating comes from also that, which is you want that comfort and that safety, but you don't see the fuck yes in that, so you go find it somewhere else. And you try to, which never works, you know, eventually. Lying always catches up to you. And it's that it, because you you wanted something that you didn't have inside of that. And instead of doing the quote-unquote right decision, which was to break that off and go on, you just, you know try to have the best of both worlds and end up with nothing at the end and um mm-hmm. another thing i wanted to touch on also is which is very interesting in the book which is uh, Neil's process of kind of realizing why he was the way he was like the relationship with his parents with his mom everything like that and just how painful it's all sounded like because then he goes to a like he cheats on his girlfriend, she finds out, and then he decides to go to this rehabilitation center for i think like sex addicts and people with emotional problems stuff like that mm-hmm. and man just the the whole him this the whole situation of him just going through kind of like this internal struggle of until getting to the moment where he realizes why I don't know if you got to that point in the book where he realizes why he is the way he is and wh- because his mom was pretty much. They call it emotional, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, emotional incest, incest, which is his mom. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Yeah, thing. so his mom was putting, was pretty much putting her emotional, trying to make him emotional, yeah. like w- w- the thing she should have with his father, with his father emotionally, she was putting on him. And so he was pretty much her husband emotionally only. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to explain, like, to be honest, but it was something like that, where she looked for him for emotional support and what happened then is and you'll see at least from what what he describes is that so she would always be very jealous of his girlfriends for some reason and not his brother and he never understood why Um, she would like go when he was a teenager to his room and like talk with him about these problems she was having with his father like sex stuff and all that that's like shit you should not be talking with your teenager kid to be honest and and then like never allowing him to, to go out to parties and all of that and when he realized that It was like one of those breakdown moments. And all this to say that uh, one of the reasons why also I believe that most people, myself included in that, you don't go through the trouble of figuring this out is because it's so painful and so uncomfortable. And just the fact of putting yourself in a position where you may be, you know, able to change takes so much. It just sometimes just feels easier to keep going. As you've been going, yeah. and just deal with the shit that comes with it, you know.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where you really need that that haha moment. But it it, it will probably come from a very negative experience. Yeah. In this case, it come from him came from him she- cheating and, and getting is is the girlfriend, yeah, and eventually finding out. And it's like, yeah, you need to be kind of. I think, yeah, usually you need that kind of moment to really hit you in the face. You know, you need someone else to confront you about it. Life will like. Bring you to the ground, and then you'll have, and you'll recognize it. will hurt more for me to keep being this way than to to change, and that's where you really make the change. But yeah, I think most of us, obviously, we don't have the the same like scenario as Neil have, or or like the same emotional baggage. Like most people don't have those, like so so like so yeah,
0: so dramatic as that
1: relevant, yeah, so dramatic issues that like like he had, and so. But we all have them. Like we all have emotional baggage and luggage especially like coming from your childhood that we don't even know about because it's such an unconscious and it's a, it's so part of us that we don't even question it, you know? it's And that's also why relationships, I think that's why they're important in your life also because they, they show you these things. Like f- speaking personally, like I, I learned the most about myself it was from relationships or especially like from the, the breaking up of those relationships. It's where I learned the most about myself and it's like... It's good for you, I think. I mean, it, it can be bad because some people just, like, they go to the breakup and they don't even try to figure out why, what happened, why they're feeling so bad. But I think if you're self-aware enough to the point where you kind of question yourself, that's, like, the biggest, one of the biggest opportunities for growth because that's yeah. where your, like, childhood like uh, experiences and traumas really surface and you you, you can start figuring out why you, you did what you did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the like you're saying it's we should look at it as an opportunity which you know of course at the time you're gonna feel horrible and <laughs> if, you, if you're going through that and yeah. you're listening you're probably kind of you know saying what the fuck yeah, are these guys what hear. what the fuck are these guys saying but a lot of it is and, and like looking back at my life and a lot of moments that allowed for that change whatever it is like um usually emotional change because that's when it hurts um, it was always after some pretty dramatic moments. It was always when you were... And I, I remember one specifically where I remember feeling so bad. It was like this feeling inside my chest where you couldn't... It was like, what the fuck's happening? This never happened before. But somehow, I don't know how I had this uh, presence of mind. I real, I kind of was a bit happy because I was like, I realized that this was kind of what I was looking after because this is what is going to allow for change. And um, a lot of the times when we, even when, just to go sidetracking a bit, when we say like, oh, I want to find uh, discomfort and I want to change and I want to embrace that, we always say this from a place of comfort. It's easy to say that when I'm sitting on my couch and I watch a motivational movie and I'm like, yes, I want that pain and discomfort, I'm going to change. But then when you're actually in it, it's sometimes, and a lot of times, you, we don't recognize it and we're like, fuck, I hate this. Why am I here? Only f- only failing to realize that that feeling was what we wanted all along to change. And so it's a bit, a, a lot of it and a lot of the journey, I do feel like it's just trying to let go of expectation. And for how hard that is, and we all know how how that is. It's trying to do that, and when good comes, embracing the good, and when bad comes, also embracing the bad, quote unquote, or good, quote unquote, as yeah. well. And like this week, I've been thinking about that a lot, even when doing the quotes and everything. It's it's just like Mark Manson was also talking about it in one of his posts, which is some of your biggest uh, like embarrassments today are going to allow for the biggest change in the future, and then maybe that change will turn into something bad, and then t- will turn into something good again. So we never know like good and bad we never know if it is that so it's just for how hard it may be for me a lot of what i've been thinking about is just how can we let go more of that expectation and just trying to um, you know live more in the moment for you know once again how cheesy that sounds once again
1: yeah it's uh, it's just about acceptance and obviously i'm going to have to it's an emotional it's a the top, the podcast is about an emotional subject so obviously i'm going to have to refer the book radical acceptance <laughs> once <laughs> again <laughs> could not go unsaid but i think it, it's a very opportune way to talk about opportune like moment to talk about this book yeah. because it's like you're saying the book itself is about you being acceptance ess- essentially of the present moment and all the things you are feeling and experiencing in this This precise moment, because that's what, like you were saying, you never know if it's a good or bad moment, if, like, you you don't even know, like, I I don't think you can even know, like, because you don't, you don't have uh, access to what's going to happen in the future, you you have no idea what that decision will influence in the future, so I don't even, I don't even think there are such a thing as good or bad, like, um, like, good or bad things that happen to you, you know, they're all good and bad in their own way, you know, they will lead you to good things, and also to bad things that will eventually lead you to good things. And it's just a never-ending cycle. So the only answer you, we can really have that makes sense as humans is acceptance, you know. It's acceptance of the present moment. Like, because you were the... It's like the, the Stoics... I think it's Marcus Aurelius, but I'm not sure. They as such a good quote on it. It's like, do not be like the, tow- um, do not be like the tower that smash- when, when it falls that smashes upon itself. You know, when a tower falls like it begins to fall on top of its own crumbles and so it's like it's using itself to destroy itself and that's basically you when you're feeling resentment you're essentially destroying yourself slowly because first there's no like there's no benefit from you being resentful there's not nothing going is going to come to your life by being resentful so it's easily, it's, it's honestly you just like kind of emotionally punching yourself over and over again and expecting something good to come out of it you know yep.
0: and it's yeah it's like you say it's I, I never actually i never heard the, that one of the tower that falls upon itself but yeah that's like the yeah. a literal definition of a downward spiral that's it and yeah and because a lot of the times i do feel like when we're attached to those like resentment and it's it's always because we want kind of the attention of the person who caused us that even though feeling that will not bring that in any shape or form it's like that is it's like pure ego, I would say. It's just mm-hmm. and a lot of I do I I really like how a lot of this advice all connects connects with each other. Because like if you see now maybe going back a bit to the game actually and um you'd see like that a lot of the guys there that apparently they were in it for the girls, they pretty much they were just very insecure. And that was just a way of kind of you know hiding away or sheltering that insecurity away and that to say that a lot of the times the the things that we think are going to solve us may or that the thing we think we want would even cause us more harm as you've seen the game like mystery going fucking bananas a lot of the times even neil dealing with a lot of problems a lot of the other guys also kind of crumbling apart and it's yeah. because that was one of those moments where people, instead of looking inside themselves, they kind of looked outside for the the solution, and that in my opinion, will never work like as long as we keep looking for the solution for internal problems outside, we'll never fix them it's you know it's you're never going to fix your fear of abandonment by finding someone who doesn't abandon you that's not how it works it's by by dealing with that first and trying to take that away that then you can find someone who won't abandon you if that makes any sense yeah
1: yeah it does and especially in that regarding to the game and pick up artists it's i think it's so evident because it's like it's, i think it's the same thing as winning the lottery you know most people think that money is their biggest struggle in life or their biggest barrier to happiness and so they at least have that comfort you know that if they have that money they would be happy but then they actually get the money and they're still so not happy yeah. And that's where, like, shit really hits the fan. And that's the same thing. That's why you saw Mystery going bonkers. Lots of the the pickup artist guys in the the game, like the book, they all went kind of crazy because they got the thing that they thought would make them happy, girls, unlimited access to all the girls they wanted. And then they were like, oh, I still don't feel complete. And that's where, like, shit really hits the fan because all of your life you, you, you had this kind of paradigm that girls are, in their case, like, girls are the thing that's missing from my life. Then they get that thing, and they still have the same feelings, and that's what shit, like yeah, like like that's why you you see what happens. Yeah,
0: because at that point you lose hope, because on the way there you you had that hope, like pushing yeah. you forward. And actually, it's curious because the the article I'm writing this week it's about that, and it is like like on the way there, a lot of the times if you have that belief that whatever is at the end of the journey will be worth it, you'll almost be unstoppable because you know. "Quote unquote," you know that shit waits for you. But when you get there and it's, nothing is waiting there for you, then that's when a lot of like depression, anxiety, and in the most extreme cases, suicide happens. Because it's like you lost. It's like what else there is. It's like you you get you got the thing that you you knew was going to fulfill you, and then that stuff. It's like it's fairy dust. It doesn't exist. And a lot of the at least for me, the stoic advice that, that the reason why I f- fell into it was kind of uh, a, in, a, in reaction to it, kind of having a goal, getting there and being like, oh, this doesn't like feeling very empty, like, holy fuck, wh- what? It wasn't that? So now what? What do I do now? And I kind of lost where I was going with this. Yeah, I kind of lost myself. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the, the main like takeaway from that, it's really that you'll eventually get that moment, whatever you're doing in life, you know, you'll always have that kind of dream of eating something, and unconsciously or consciously, that thing is what you expect to give you, like, a feeling of yeah, accomplishment, yeah, yeah, to it. give you, like, this, that feeling of being whole, and that's so, once again, that's why that the book Radical Acceptance was so important for me, it was like, it was kind of like the antidote to that, Just like, it's, it was the book that really told me, like, that it's okay, to Feel bad, and you are going to feel bad in life. There's no going around it. There will be days where you feel like you are incomplete, lonely, whatever. There will be days where you feel good, and then it's not necessarily bad that you feel bad. Obviously, if you're like always feeling bad, that's not a good thing, especially like for your mental health and for your health in general. But that, like, it's a certain degree of like I don't want to call them negative feelings because, like, like I think what what. We've been talking here is that nothing is really good or bad yeah. by itself. But those typical negative emotions, have anger, loneliness, you know, they're there for a reason. They're also indicators, just like happiness is. I, I look at it like indicators. Like I think I first got this from Tony, Tony Robbins. So when you're feeling happy, it's probably because you did something good. You did something that you perceive as improving your life. And when you feel bad or like when you, let's, let's say you feel shame, because you probably did something that's not contributing to you achieving the life that you want. And that you need to feel that shame because that's the only way you're going to know that that thing you did was bad. And to lead you to the path that you want. So don't try to like, run away from any of the emotions. Like, as, as, as you go along the path, really recognize that it's not about the goal. When, once you get to the goal, you'll probably feel good for a, a while. And then you'll come back to your baseline. Of happiness Studies yeah. even prove this Like You will always return To a baseline of happiness Which is like kind of Most people like Describe their lives As being a seven And you always come back To that seven you know And so Don't Be afraid of the seven You know the seven Is where you're gonna live The most of your life Accept it And really try to Try to live good Inside that
0: seven Yeah which is It's kind of At the beginning When When trying to come to terms With this It's very Feeling of despair. At least for me, it was. It's because you're like fuck, but yeah. but I want the ten at all times. I want to be feeling mm-hmm. like a ten at all times, and I I think that the truth ten is ex- embracing the seven. Like how, how <laughs> that's fucking sounds. It's being in the seven, knowing that you're feeling like a seven, and being like it's like the a more fatty thing. Like I don't wish. Yeah. I wouldn't wish things to be different, even if I could. This is I wish yeah. for exactly this feeling right now. Which is, you know, a lot of this, The and I do believe the only possible way to come to terms with this is through experience. So like getting disappointed by not feeling like it, then more pain and then more experience. And then eventually, and like studying on it, of course, and then eventually you'll hopefully kind of reach this conclusion as well. Because it's one of those conclusions that you kind of have to reach emotionally. It's not consciously, it's very easy like, oh, okay, I get that. But you, you can consciously understand it and not emotionally understand it and be like, mm-hmm. like internally or unconsciously being like, yeah, sure, but I'll, I'll be the 10 one day. I'll be feeling like a 10 at all times. And yeah. And also I do the, now that you mentioned the seven, it's interesting because we, we fail to realize that when you go to feeling like a three or a one or whatever, that's, that's the, the sole thing that allows you to feel like a 10 at times as well. Because if yeah. if you all if you're always like a five, for example, then if never nothing bad ever happened, bad quote unquote, no emotions that feel bad, then you could never experience the good ones, kind of, because it would all be yeah. kind of the same. It's kind of like if you you won't yeah. always eat salty food, then you you don't even know like you don't know kind of the range of it. And if somebody puts some sweet in there, now you know oh, this is different. It's kind of like having this variety of. Yeah, like you're saying, just radically accept all of this. I think it. We all come yeah. down to, to this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It all comes down to acceptance, and that's a very good. Like I, I we even I had like one of the quotes from this week was about that, which is about like you need the negative to experience the positive. 100%. It's, it's. They're both a part of of each other, and it's. There's going back to the Amor Fati we're talking about. There's such like a good quote I really like to use in my life, which is which is like. I Like it's something you say to yourself Which is like It goes like I wish life was like it is Yeah And it's just like a, 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 Like it's such a mind fuck Because initially you're like Oh okay So I'm wishing for something else But then you like You get to the end of the quote And like Oh I wish for things to be Just like they are And that's like the way It should be you know You should you should never be wishing Something else Obviously we're human And that's gonna happen But really try to bring Bring yourself back To the present moment By saying that you know It's like You can even say it like it, With a mad like with a kind of like that complaining tone people usually have. And that's like if you say it to someone else, like it'll be really like it's, a, it's gonna be a real mindfuck. It's just like you can even say like God damn it, man! I wish life was just like it is. And like people are like what? <laughs> they're like at the, at the beginning like okay yeah this this person's complaining it's normal like most people complain. But then they are like they process it consciously and they're like what that that quote I, I never heard that before. And it's that when I found that quote I just I just I just I don't know I just it put just put a big smile on my face because it's such a it's such a, like a mindfuck, and it really reminds you that, you know, like it's that's all there is really in life. It's you're you're always gonna be in the present moment, and so why not really just, of, of course, like you need to be really realistic to a certain point. There are issues in your life, you need to fix them, but also like inside that, accept that they exist, accept the feelings you have from them. Don't try to fight the feelings back, and you'll actually find that the opposite happens. You, you by, by accepting the feelings, it's not like you're you you resign yourself to your reality usually what i notice in myself is like when i accept the feelings like the resistance that i face for myself it's much it's much slower than if i had just yeah, you my to feelings action
0: because because a lot of not doing is it, just you're kind of denying the, that feeling when you really embrace it you're like mm-hmm. okay now i need to do the thing it's just that mm-hmm. we never allow ourselves to experience like if you know you need to do a project for yeah. school or whatever. If you're really allowed to feel that feeling, you won't be able to be sitting down. You're like, fuck, I gotta go do it now. Or if you decide to yeah. not do it, at least it's from a conscious place that at least you yeah. know what you're doing. It's not, you're just not avoiding, like, yeah, I'll go in five minutes. And then five minutes pass, I'll go in 10 minutes. And then you go the whole day like this and, like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. It's.
1: Yeah, I think this is like, especially kids in young people feel this more, which is like, sometimes you, I remember being in school and being like, man, why the fuck do things have to be hard, you know? Why can't life just be easy all of the time? And now looking back, it's like, I realize, I think most people are kind of stuck still in that phase. Like they just wish life to be easy. But especially now, I just finished reading the book like Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, which is really such a, a mind because in that book, it's kind of like society has found the perfect pill that allow, allows you to don't, never feel bad. Mm-hmm. you know and so it's a very like a very the book itself is like a very funny thought experience because then you start you eventually you will always have that those people that are like they can't resign themselves to always feeling good you know they just like and in the book it's funny because that's normal it's normal in society for you to never feel bad so there's like this guy the, like the main character of the book is this social outcast and he's he's really in a, an eternal like In an internal struggle and comfort with himself because he he feels good but it's like I'm not I don't think I'm supposed to always be feeling this (laughs) and there's something else that I'm missing and and every time he tries to talk about about it with someone else it's just like no man you just need to take some more of this pill and he's like god but that's not the solution and he it's such a uh, such a good book because it like it makes you think like imagine if you were in in this society like most people if they had the option to take that pill, they would take it like in this moment, like this book is such, I just, I just want to talk about this Go book it. because it's so relevant. And there's like, there's even like, a, so inside the book, there's this like reservation, like kind of like we have like Indian reservations right now. It's like, it's like our society would be the Indian reservation. And this other like metaphysical, like the utopian society, like, like they would have reservations for like this, and this people that will never feel bad to look at what a real society is, like we have right now, there would be people that feel bad. They, have, they age, they have uh, diseases, they die, and like they get, it's like and they look at it like we look at a zoo. It's like, oh, the, the animal is so strange, and they have this these reservations. And like the guy goes to visit this reservation, and he's like, and he's going to it and talking with the people from that society, and they're like, they're talk- they're talking to him about alcohol. He's like, and they're talking. Oh, so we sometimes we, we drink this because it allows us to feel more fun. We, we don't feel as bad, but then the next day it's kind of bad because then we, we feel bad, we have hangovers. And it's like, okay, so this is basically like a worse version of our drug, you know? You get to feel good for a while, but then you feel bad. With our drug, we always feel good. And they're like, what? There's a drug that can make that? And so that was so funny to me because that's exactly what most people do nowadays, young people. They, they medicate themselves with alcohol because they want to feel that good for at least like some hours. And, and that just makes me wonder if we had that option to take that pill, I think it's like most people would take
0: it. Yeah, because it's very—it's like it's like the Matrix, you know? Are you want, Are you gonna take the red pill and get out, or just take the blue one and go to the comfort? And I yeah. think everyone or most people want to say like, no, I would take the blue pill. No, I would take the red pill. I'm sorry, <laughs> I would yeah. take the red pill. <laughs> I would, you know, see the truth for what it is. And I'm, I include myself in those people. I, I would, I would like to believe that uh, when presented with that chance, I would take the, the red pill. But it's very tempting to, to go towards the other option. Like if you could feel happy all the time, because then it's like, well, that's it, you know.
1: Yeah, and the thing, and the key thing with the blue pill is that's and it's, and that the, that's why like, that's why I love that the movie scene so much because the thing with the blue pill it's so tempting because once you take it, you forget everything. Yeah, you, know? you don't even yeah, know yeah, you yeah, made yeah. that choice. And it's like that's no like, no like the biggest for anything. Yeah, that, that's the biggest mindfuck I think for most people because when they answer the red and blue, I don't think they, they don't take that part into yeah. account. That's why they choose the reds. because I think presented with that situation, if you know like if you take the blue pill, there's no consequences. You know, you'll never remember about this. You know, it's really tempting because yeah. there's no remorse in your in your, your like brain. I was you know?
0: thinking right now, and I had forgotten about that part that you forgot about everything. But I was thinking like yeah. imagining taking the blue like taking the blue pill. And I was feeling so bad in, inside. I don't think I I could do I don't know. I would like to think that yeah, I would that's not the that's
1: ultimate. That's why it's so important for you to be in the present moment, you know? Because if you're truly in the present moment, you have no need for the blue pill. Yeah. If you're not, the blue pill is very
0: tempting. Yeah. Yeah. And but, also, just, just in that like kind scenario, of a disclaimer, because um, like antidepressants and all that, uh, like both of us recognize that it's very helpful. Sorry about that. It's very helpful in certain situations, you know, it's better to take a fucking antidepressant than killing yourself. So yeah, it's die. not like we're yeah, not saying here to, in that situation, we're saying like the, the average person, which their biggest concern is that they hate their job. That's kind of the, mm-hmm. the thing. And yeah, 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 just a little disclaimer there.
1: Yeah. It's useful to say that. It's like, yeah, the first time I heard that was from Jordan Peterson when they asked him, what's your opinion on antidepressant? And that's exactly the answer he gave. Like if someone's dead, they can't yeah. get better. Yeah. And that's exactly, like, the, the Yeah, like, I'd rather yeah,
0: people have that pill than people killing themselves, kind of thing. Yeah, know? obviously. So, yeah. you know, actually...
1: But that's why the, the blue pill is, I think, it's such a, like, a human dilemma when, when we're faced with it. because And it goes back, because usually most of our decisions that are made, it's because of the consequences that will be in the future. Yeah. You know, it's never because of, like, I think, your values by themselves, you know? As humans, we're always dependent on that, especially young people. Like, if you go to the... The phases of like if you see a kid, a kid is entirely dependent on the consequences of his actions. You know, he only he only does or doesn't do the things he wants to do because of the consequences, Absolutely. you know. A kid will only not will, not, will only not eat a jar an entire jar of cookies because he knows that his mother will eventually yep, like get upset. give him like yell at him or something. It's not like because if he could, he would just eat them all, you know. Yep. It's the same thing with the blue and, and the actually, red pill. I think
0: this will be a great ending for the podcast. What pill... Listener, would you take yeah or blue pill and you live a uh, happy of constant pleasure forever? You know, let's just put yeah
1: and don't re- and you
0: don't remember you took the yeah, blue so pill. so you're always happy. Content, you know, it's like you're a, a couch, uh, couch potato, couch yeah. potato. Or you yeah. take the red pill and you you know you. Can, I would put it like this: you can never take the blue pill, and you need to just embrace life as it as it is, as with all their its mm-hmm. struggles, its pains. Its beauties as well, but you would never be in that, you know, constant state of pleasure, you know?
1: And then, even other choice would be if there, the blue pill was always an option.
0: Okay, yeah, let's put it like that. Yeah, if- so send us your answers to Instagram at Paths of Meaning. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll have a fun discussion about that. So, with that being said, Indeed. this was the Searching for Meaning podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.